0: There's a famous painting of Rembrandt of the father and his prodigal son and a few others surrounding. And when you look at that painting or a portrait, you can tell a lot about the father. And you can tell a lot about his what he's like, and his, his, his care for his son, and that by looking at the detail in the painting, the, um, the, uh, the, the way the hands are. One hand is a little different than the other, and um, <clears throat> it's on the cover of Henry Nowen's book on the prodigal son, and I highly recommend reading that if you haven't had a chance to read it yet. Uh, really, anything by Henry Nowen is, is worth picking up and, and reading. Well, today we are, going to, we are going to begin a brand new series called Portraits of Jesus. So we are going to look at portraits of Jesus throughout the scripture for the next several weeks. Portrayals of him. Not in the visual sense of the portrait of Rembrandt and the, the father and the son, but through his scripture that he gives us uh tells us who jesus is that god tells us he gives us portraits of jesus you know saying so we're, so we're going to look at what does the bible say about him you know each week we look at a different we're going to look at a different aspect of who jesus is in the scriptures and today we're going to begin looking at jesus the king that's what we're going to say that's what we're going to start today we're going to look at jesus the king we're going to look at scriptures in both the Old and New Testaments and then see what the implications of Jesus being king are for us today. It's important for us to understand, you see, when you look at Jesus and you look at the New Testament, it's also, uh, it's, it, it's also important to understand uh, Jesus in the Old Testament as well the things that were said about him when he was going to to come and and to, to fully understand the new testament you really need to have an understanding of the old as well now when jesus came it was really a big deal he didn't just show up one day and start classes on and teachings on how to be a better person or how to get along with each other now when he came on the scene he came with an announcement that said God is taking over, that said God is taking back rulership of the world. And that's what we see happening in Luke chapter 4. After Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, he spent 40 days in the desert where he, he went through a season of being tempted by Satan, after which Luke tells us that, in, starting in verse 14, it says that Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. And when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him, um, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Now, I want, to, I want to ask, what is that good news? As you read through the Gospels, you see that the good news was that the kingdom of God had come, that the king is here. He has arrived. The good news uh, anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And then he said, continues, He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the lord's favor has come and he rolled up the scroll handed it back to the attendant and sat down all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently they were just riveted and just fixed their eyes on him and then he began to speak to them the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day you see when God created men and women he gave them the task of ruling over all creation we see that in Genesis 128 he gave them the task of ruling over all of creation have dominion over it but through the act of disobeying God mankind then abdicated his authority Turning over rulership of this world to Satan. And in John 12, 31 and other places, Jesus calls Satan the ruler of this world because he had the authority now to rule this world this world because mankind gave it to him. If this is is this a little bit loud out there? No? Okay, just is up here. Okay, I'll deal with it. <laughs> um uh, you know, disobeying uh, uh, God by you know he did, and, and mankind turned over rulership of the world to Satan. Um, so throughout the Old Testament, then we see that the prophets spoke that one day there was going to come a king, and this king would be a ruler who would establish an everlasting kingdom and rule all over the earth. Daniel saw this in a vision that he talked about in Daniel seven. He says in his vision he says as my vision continued that night I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven now son of man is one of Jesus favorite titles by which he called himself okay Jesus often referred to himself as the son of man it's one of his favorite titles he approached the ancient one that's referring to God the Father he approached the ancient one and was led into his presence he was given authority honor and sovereignty over all the nations of the world, so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal, it will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. So, Daniel says that someone is coming, someone in the future is coming who will be given honor and who will exercise authority. And sovereignty over all the nations of the world in other words a king and then we read in Jeremiah the prophet for the time is coming says the Lord when I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line he will be a king who rules with wisdom he will do what is just and right throughout the land so Jeremiah saw someone's coming it's going to be a descendant of King David rule on his throne, and rule with justice and righteousness. And and there are numerous scriptures, uh, uh, other scriptures from the Old Testament, that point to a coming Messiah from the lineage of David, who would establish a kingdom uh, and rule forevermore. And then one day, the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary. And Told her in Luke 1 chapter uh, chapter 1 verse starting verse 30. Don't be afraid Mary For you have found favor with God you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high The Lord God will give him his throne of his ancestor David. So he's in the lineage of David We see we see that on the line and we see it elsewhere in Scripture He will be given the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So this son, this child that Mary is is to conceive and give birth to is going to be of the ancestry of David, and he's going to reign in Israel, and his his kingdom will never end. In other words, the day that Daniel... In jeremiah and the other prophets foretold has finally come mary was going to give birth to the king that the prophets foretold and then matthew tells us in his gospel in chapter 2 after jesus was born in bethlehem during the time of king herod magi sometimes we call them kings or wise men magi from the east came to jerusalem And asked, where is the one who has been born, what? Who has been born king of the Jews. We saw a star when it rose and and have come to worship him. So that day had finally arrived. Ever since the prophets foretold of a coming king, there had been many kings come and go. Throughout the many nations, throughout Israel, there had been many kings come and go. But the Magi recognized that this child, this baby, was the king about which the prophets spoke. 30 years later, so fast forward a bit, Jesus uh, 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 walked into the synagogue in Nazareth and he quoted from the prophet Isaiah where, where we just read. And when he finished reading and he sat down and said, the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. When he did that, he was identifying himself as in he, he was identifying himself as the messiah the king who would establish justice jesus saw in himself the fulfillment of the messianic king the promised messianic king and when he traveled and and, and preached throughout throughout israel he was preaching the arrival of the kingdom of god everywhere he went and he not only preached it he demonstrated it with power He demonstrated that God indeed had come to take over. God was establishing his rule and his reign once again. Every time he cast out a demon, every time he healed a sick person, every time he cleansed a leper, every time he restored sight to the blind, every time he raised someone from the dead, he was demonstrating that he had the power and the authority over the kingdom of darkness which had ruled for so long adam the first man turned over the authority he had been given to satan now jesus who is called the second man came to take that authority back that's one of the things that, that Satan tempted Jesus with. He said, he Satan members said, you know, just bow down and worship me and and I'll turn, you know, you can have all the kingdoms of the earth. In other words, you can rule the whole earth. I'll give you all these kingdoms if only you'll bow down and worship me. It was a temptation to shortcut the cross. It was like saying, oh, you know, we all know about the cross that's coming and, But you don't have to go through all of that. Here's the easy way. Here's the shortcut. Here's the simple way to do this. Just bow down, worship me, and it's all yours. But of course, we know that Jesus didn't take the bait. Three years after that, Jesus was on trial before Pilate. And Pilate asked Jesus if he was king of the Jews. Jesus responded with, my kingdom, so in other words, yes, I'm, I have a kingdom, but he says, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And really, honestly, that's why the, uh, the leaders of the Jews and so many of the people did not recognize him as such, because they expected a military leader to come in and take over, throw out the oppressive Romans by force. And that's what they were looking at. They weren't looking at a humble servant king, someone that came to, to, uh, uh, to serve. They weren't looking for someone who was going to suffer and then, and then be crucified. That's not what they were looking for. But, when, but Jesus said, you know, he clarified this, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom, he says. Otherwise, my followers would fight and, and keep me from being handed over, and then you'd be in big trouble, you know, is basically what it's basically what he's saying. And then we flip forward to the last book of the Bible, Revelation, when all the kings of the earth gather to wage war against the Lamb of God, who we know is Jesus. All the kings of the earth gather to wage a war against the Lamb, and John tells us in Revelation 17, 14, they will wage war against the lamb but the lamb will triumph over them because he is lord of lords and king of kings and with him will be and with him will be his called chosen and faithful followers jesus is not only the king that was prophesied by the prophets, but he is the king of all kings. He is the ruler of all rulers. There is no king, there is no ruler above him. He is it. There is none like him. He says he was. He well. He, the scripture tells us he was prophesied in the Old Testament, all throughout the Old Testament the the that the, the fact that a king was coming was prophesied and and people were looking forward to that day they were looking for that king as as nation after nation oppressed them and there and then the, finally the romans you know came and, and and conquered and 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 you know set up their oppressive rule and and that they're looking for this king to deliver them this king to set them free. There, so all throughout the Old Testament, and then suddenly Jesus comes on the scene and says, Okay, guys, I'm here. God has come to take over what you abdicated in, in your authority back in the garden. When you abdicated your authority and handed dominion over to Satan... You see what a taskmaster he's been. You see the devastation. You see the destruction he's wreaked in your lives. I've come to set you free. I've come to take over. I've come to establish my kingdom. So now how do we pray? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And since the day Jesus came... He has been, he has been uh, spreading his kingdom. He has been announcing it and he has been been uh, uh, demonstrating it with power that Satan no longer rules, God rules. Satan may think he rules. It may look like he does at times, but it's some, just a matter of, of the kingdom of God moving forward and God just you know taking ground back and taking over it's already been determined but it's still happening just like in d day d day in world war II, if you know anything about that d day was a decisive moment of the war in europe when when the allies came in invaded the beaches of normandy the war the germans had and the axis forces had lost the war at that point okay they had they had lost the war at that point but there were still battles to fight as the allies came in and took more and more and more ground. It's like that. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is coming. And the kingdom will be fully consummated someday when Christ comes back. So, with all of that, what are the implications for our lives? I've just got three of them. Share them real quickly. Implications for our lives, if Jesus is king, then that means where he leads, we follow. Where he leads, we follow. Wherever it takes us. Wherever. Our lives are not our own to live however we want. Those who belong to the king have a citizenship in his kingdom. Not on this earth. I mean, you say, well, I'm a citizen of this country or I'm a citizen of that. No. Yeah, I mean, y- yes, we are, but we have a primary overriding citizenship. And that is with the kingdom of God. And mankind makes rules, mankind makes laws, mankind passes this legislation and that legislation governments rule to keep try to keep peace and so forth in our lives but there's one overriding authority in our lives and that is the king he is the one that sets the agenda for our lives and it, we we live by his dictates by the dictates of what the king says not what this government, that government, this authority or that authority on this earth says. We live by what the king says. And our allegiance belongs to the king. Our allegiance doesn't belong to a country. Our allegiance doesn't belong to a political party. Our allegiance, first and foremost, belongs to... The king, the king, the likes of which there is no other. The king of kings, the one that was prophesied, the one that, was, that is going to rule, that, that rules not only Israel, but rules the nations of this world now. He came to take back the nations of this world. So what he says goes, where he leads, we follow. He says, jump, we jump because he is the one that calls the shots not us we don't determine well i like what this says so i'll do this but i don't like what that says so i'm not going to do that no we say okay lord you speak your servants listening you speak and i'll act second implication we are ambassadors of the king If Jesus is the king, and he came, and we follow him, we are citizens of his kingdom, then we are his ambassadors. That's what he's called us to be. That's what he's made us. Now, what does that mean? Theologian Charles Hodge described an ambassador this way. An ambassador is at once a messenger and a representative. He does not speak in his own name. He does not speak on his own authority. What he communicates is not his opinions or demands, but simply what he has been told or commissioned to say. His uh, His message derives no part of its importance or trustworthiness from him. So the ambassador's message isn't important or trustworthy because of the ambassador, but it's because of him. At the same time he is more than a mere messenger he represents his sovereign he speaks with authority as accredited in the name of his master so we carry a message from the king we represent him we speak for him so we're not here for our own purposes to carry out our own agenda We are here strictly and solely for his purposes, for his agenda. We're here to serve the purposes of our King. And that's important because in everything we do, it's what Jesus says, not what we feel, not what we want. It's what Jesus says. Third implication. Since we are his ambassadors and we speak and act as his representative, that means that we carry his authority. He has given us authority to speak in his name. He's given us authority to act in his name. He's given us a seal that says, that I represent the king of kings. And he says this, and when I say he says this, then there is a power behind there. There is a power and authority to the message that, that, that the king sends his ambassador to give. Anytime we act or speak in Jesus' name to extend the rule and reign of the kingdom of God, Something happens, though. The enemy comes along, and he tries to challenge what we're doing. He tries to attack what we're doing. He challenges our authority. He challenges us that, that, that we have the authority to do the things that we are doing. He challenges the authority of the kings. Ah, oh, he didn't give you that authority. This, You know, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? Well, I'll tell you who I am. I'm an ambassador of the King, and He's given me my authority. See, when He challenges our authority, we know He's going to do that. But the thing is, we can stop Him in His tracks by standing in our authority and not giving Him an inch and not backing down a bit. We can, we you know, we we uh, uh, we stand in His authority, and and we can stop Him, stop the enemy in His tracks, because we are an ambassador of the King. There is no higher authority. The highest authority that there is has given that authority to us, has clothed us in that authority. But here's the problem. Most believers don't realize the authority that we have been given and the authority which we carry. Most believers. That's like, I hope this illustration works because it just popped into my head. We'll see if it works. (coughs) Superman. All right? He's got a Superman costume underneath his clothes, but on the outside, he just looks like mild-mannered, you know, Clark Kent, uh, easy pushover for anybody, right? And the only one that knows that he's Superman is him, right? Everybody else, you know, ah, he's a pushover, he's, you know, pushed around the office and, and that, because all they see is what's on the outside, the exterior. Well, it's like Superman doesn't even realize what's underneath. He just looks at himself in a mirror and he sees the, you know, suit and tie and, you know, sees his normal out. He just looks like anybody else. So, you know, nothing special about him. It's like he has amnesia and forgets who he is. That's what it's like. Did that work? Good. Good. Okay. That's what it's like when, with Jesus... I mean, with us, when, you know, Jesus has given us authority and we don't realize it. We walk, all around, we walk around clothed in this authority that Jesus has given us. But we don't use it because we don't realize it or we don't really believe that we have it. And, and, and the enemy comes along and says, you can't do that. Oh, yes, I can. No, you can't. Oh, well, maybe I can't. You can't do it because of this, 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 and this. And instead of saying, you know, instead of saying, no, stop right there. I have authority in the name of Jesus as his ambassador, as the king, the ambassador of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I have the authority. He's commissioned me to do this. He's told me to do this. Instead of that, we listen to the reasons the enemy gives us why we can't, and then we back down. That's right. We need to recognize, every one of us, every one of us needs to recognize the authority that we have. So know your authority. Walk in your authority. Stand in your authority. Because it comes from the King of kings get in God's Word look at who Jesus is study what it says about who Jesus is who you are and what the King has sent you and I to do and then look in the scripture and study the authority that he's given to us do not surrender Do not surrender to the ruler of this world. Jesus. He's not just a good teacher. He's not just a miracle worker. He's not just someone that we seek to emulate. He is the king. Throughout scriptures, that's what he's portrayed as. That's how we need to see him he was prophesied as such that he would come and when he came he claimed this is who i am said this day the scriptures have been fulfilled in your midst this very day king of kings the gospel the good news that was preached by the Apostles, that was preached by Jesus, that was preached through the early church, and that should be preached now, is that the King has come. The King has come. The King has arrived. He is here, he is sitting on his throne, and he rules. Let's stand. Because we are in the presence of a king. I want to pray. Father, all authority, all honor, all glory, we bring before Jesus our king. The one who is seated on the throne. The one who has taken back rulership of this world. The one whose kingdom will never end. We worship King Jesus. We worship him now. All glory, all honor, and all power. Is yours we worship your majesty and right now Lord we renew our commitment to follow you we pledge our allegiance to you we pledge our loyalty to our King we pledge our hearts to you we pledge our lives to you in Jesus name amen amen now i want to give you benediction And now may the God of peace who brought back again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ the King of kings and Lord of lords equip you with all you need for doing His his will as you go out in His authority as His ambassadors as His representatives. May He produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ all this is pleasing to Him. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We're gonna go ahead and dismiss. Remember this week that you serve not just a king, but the king, the king of kings and Lord of lords. If you have brought your tithes and offerings with you, you can drop them in one of the boxes by the doors on the way out, or you can uh, mail a check to uh, Vineyard Community Church, P.O. Box 3277. Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. Or you can give online through to at bloomingtonvineyard.com. Just click on the give prompt and follow the prompts. God bless you. Go out and have a great week. And seriously, remember who you are and who you represent and walk in that of power and authority. Amen. Amen. God bless. You're dismissed.